All right, welcome everyone. This is No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host, Asa, and joining me tonight, Kay Fabulous. Hey. She said, hey, if you couldn't hear that, squeak. <laughs> Sorry. So tonight we're talking about SmackDown, February 24th, live from America's heartland, Evansville, Indiana. Show opens with a video montage detailing what's been going on between Sami Zayn, the Bloodline, and Kevin Owens, uh, which I I feel was strange because, really, if you break it down, the video montage, what it's meant to to show is what's going on between Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, really at the top, and Kevin Owens, and neither... Roman Reigns, nor Kevin Owens is on this show tonight. So why open with the montage? Well, we'll get to that later. Uh, After that, a reporter confronts Jimmy Uso when he enters the building. He says he's not spoken with his brother, says that he invited Jay to meet him in the middle of the ring tonight and tell him what's on his mind. So a lot of the show is spent... Uh, building that up, and we'll see what happens. First match of the night, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Madcap Moss team up to fight Imperium. Uh, This was a pretty good match. The faces, of course, uh, Ricochet and Braun Strowman, their different styles played off of each other well. I really like that team. Ricochet, you know, doing his flipping and flying around. He is one of the best performers not just the WWE has, but in the world right now, I would say. Uh, Drew McIntyre came out to watch the match at one point, kind of throwing off Gunther. Gunther uh, saw that he was there, and it distracted him a bit. The The match ended. Gunther hit Madcap Moss with a power bomb, and then pinned him. After the match shenanigans, Drew McIntyre was jumped by the Viking Raiders, And Sheamus came down for the save. Uh, Ricochet flies out of the ring with another flipping attack to take down the Viking Raiders. And the faces ruled the day. And they pose for the fans in the ring afterwards. Uh, Kay, any thoughts on the opening six-man tag match? I loved it. This is my match of the night, uh, for sure. Um... Ricochet is so innovative. I just love seeing him. Uh, and I like that they paired him with, with Braun. I think that's going to be good. I feel like sometimes they don't know what to do with Ricochet, so it's nice to see that they're doing something. Um, I also i am a big Ricochet fan, but I loved that uh, Kaiser stopped all his flip-flopping uh, by just hitting them right in the throat. I thought that was a good, realistic... Uh, move to counter that and so I was excited to see that because I think a lot of times when guys get flipping they just keep flipping and then it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense yeah, yeah. Why, why won't you stop yeah. him from flipping and so it was nice to see that they did something to stop him sure yeah and I, I agree this uh this was the match of the night they gave them some time and uh, everybody got their stuff in after the match, Braun Strowman even got in his big uh, running, you know, running around the ring, building up kinetic energy attack that he does. Uh, good match. 
what is it building to? I don't know. It's it kind of seemed like Drew McIntyre versus uh, uh, Gunther, but that's a big step down for Drew McIntyre fighting for the Intercontinental title. So I don't know. It, it felt like that was the direction they were going, but I I don't know. I don't know if it is. Who knows? Who knows? But Drew McIntyre, you know, has been such a big part of the company. He needs to have something for WrestleMania, and right now we have nothing. Are they going to do Drew McIntyre and Sheamus versus the Viking Raiders? That's where I thought it looked like it was going. Yeah. Well, why did he come out and and want to see Imperium? I kind of think he came out to show off his new shirt. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> for, for t-shirt sales. But maybe not. I mean, there was a like awkward moment where he opened his jacket and just stood there showing off his new shirt. So I thought thought maybe that was where they were going with that. Uh, some merchandise sales. Yeah, I doubt that somehow. <laughs> uh, we see Rey Mysterio backstage after this uh, after the opening match. He is uh, interrupted. His interview is interrupted by Santos Escobar. And who says that, that Ray, you know, they, they had this mask ex- exchange and it was on social media several weeks ago. Pretty cool moment. They were exchange masks like uh, sports, you know, uh, competitors exchange jerseys. Uh, you know, guys from different teams will do that, exchange jerseys after a match. And these two luchadors exchange their masks. Uh, it was a cool moment. Escobar brought it up. It seemed like that was turning him face, but he was definitely a heel when he walked in here. He uh, stops the interview. And next up, uh, Dom Mysterio and Rhea Ripley intervene. And Dominic says, in prison, those who didn't back up what they said got dealt with. Because Dom knows from his prison days. I tell you, Dominic Mysterio is quickly becoming one of my favorite parts of the show. He's definitely the most entertaining one. He's, yeah, for parts. better or worse, he's one. He's maybe the most entertaining part of the show. Uh, next up, we head to the Bloodline locker room, or VIP room, as it is. And we see J- uh, Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. And Heyman says that Solo should stay with him, while the Usos handle their business in the ring later tonight. Next up, we have L.A. Knight come out. says that everyone has been talking about WrestleMania moments, and he wants his, basically was the gist of what he said. He said it more eloquently than that. The guy is really good on the mic. Uh, I'm quite enjoying his heel run. He's, he's good at being a heel, too. Uh, the New Day come out and tell him that's not how it works. You don't just want a WrestleMania moment. You have to earn one and, and make your own. And they ask, who is he to be demanding a WrestleMania moment? And this leads to a Kofi Kingston versus LA Knight match. Uh, pretty good back and forth. Uh, this was an entertaining match as well. There was some good wrestling on the show tonight. Uh, actually, you know, I said the six-man was the match of the night, but I think this this was, actually. 
I'm going to change my mind. The Kofi Kingston versus L.A. Knight match. Uh, L.A. Knight was doing some good old-fashioned healing and uh, quite enjoyed it. He attacked Xavier Woods at one point, told him to go and blow on his trombone. Uh, you know, he's doing a good job of being a heel. It was all for naught for L.A. Knight, though, as Kofi Kingston hit the Trouble in Paradise for the three count. Uh, Kay, any thoughts on the Kofi Kingston-L.A. Knight match? Yeah, this is um, the only, only the second time I have seen L.A. Knight because I just started recently re-watching uh, WWE. I had stopped for a while. Um, and I just I loved him on the mic. I think this is the first time I heard him talk. Uh, I'm super impressed. Uh, I love New Day. I love that they are still together. Um, yeah, it's been a... It's been years, and they're still together, and their act seemed, felt still fresh, really. You know, mm-hmm. they, they keep getting different gimmicks, whether it's bootios, or the trombone, mm-hmm. or... The pancakes. Or the pancakes, yeah. or whatever the hell they're, cream, they're doing. Ice point. cream. <laughs> they, um, they keep adding gimmicks upon gimmicks to keep their act fresh. Yeah, and I, I love them. Do you think this is leading to a New Day LA Night match at WrestleMania or just giving them some sort of storyline? I think it just gave them something to do tonight. Yeah. I didn't get the feeling of any anything heading into WrestleMania. But LA Night I I I hope he'll be there. It's hard to imagine New Day without a match when there's two nights to WrestleMania. Yeah, it's hard to imagine New Day without a match. They got so many people on the roster, though. Yeah, but it's New Day. You know, how many matches are we going to have total at WrestleMania? 14, 16, maybe, at most? And I, don't know I, guess we'll say. I can't remember how many they had last ha- time. It's hard to get everyone in. Uh, I mean, I'm almost sure the New Day will, but LA Knight is one of those guys kind of on the periphery who might not make it onto the card. <laughs> Maybe he'll win the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal. Well, last year they didn't do that on WrestleMania. They did it on the SmackDown before oh, right. WrestleMania. And Mad Cat Moss won it. And boy, did that do a lot for his career. <laughs> I tell you, I don't know why they do the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. They should just stop. I mean, I, I they they should just stop. And it's got that goofy trophy. Oh God, that trophy. trophy looks like it's made out of Kraft Mac and Cheese. No, what it looks like is it looks like the Lego plastic that Lego makes their trophies out of. Like, it's that, like, shiny glitter gold. Like, it, it looks terrible. It looks it looks so cheap and just, like, insulting to Andre the Giant. I agree. It's not good. And the Battle Royal. The, you know, Madcap Moss won it, did nothing. Baron Corbin won it, did nothing for him. Who else has won it? I think Braun Strowman won it. That guy who was friends with the Patriots football player, he won it that one year. I can't even remember his name, so clearly it didn't do a lot for him. But you know who they won is who was friends with uh, Gronkowski? Mojo? Yeah, Mojo something, yeah. He won it? Yeah, he won it that year. That year that Gronkowski was in the... I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. I'm pretty positive. Because we were, like, shocked. Mojo Rawley, wasn't that his name? I can't remember his name. Anyway, so L.A. Knight lost this match, uh, but I hope he gets something going for WrestleMania because he deserves it. He's a good heel. 
Next up, we had a Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair video package detailing uh, the last three years of their in- encounters. After that, Charlotte Flair comes out. Uh, Rhea Ripley seemingly is supposed to, but she doesn't. So Charlotte takes the time to tell everyone how she's a 14-time women's champion, and she's wonderful, and I I think she's supposed to be the face here. Uh, the video package made it seem like she was the heel, and Rhea Ripley was the, the face, the scrappy face coming for the, the veteran. Mm-hmm. That's how it came off in the video package. I don't know if they meant to or if they just didn't do a good job in the video package. I think they just didn't do a good job. You can always tell... Charlotte Flair, if she's supposed to be a face or a heel by how they do her makeup. Because they, like, make her eyes all smoky and evil-looking when she's a heel. Like, mm-hmm. every time they switch her back and forth, her makeup changes. So it's, like, super easy to tell what they're going for. And I think they're definitely making her a face for this matchup. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Judgment Day are pretty big heels, so... Yeah. Uh, but so, uh, she's talking, and guess who comes out? Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> comes out and talks up what what how many segments is it this is the second segment he's in tonight he comes out and he talks up Rhea Ripley and he talks about how strong she is and how tough she is and he says when mommy hugs me it feels <laughs> like she's going to break me and I'll sad. never forget that and I'm going to be saying that for months now uh, for months to come, I'm going to be saying that. When mommy hugs me. That's how he said it, too. It was, uh, he comes out and talks up Rhea Ripley. And then he starts saying how he and Charlotte have a lot in common. They're generational wrestlers. She's a second-generation wrestler. Of course, her father, Ric Flair. And Dominic is a third-generation wrestler. There's Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio Jr., who we now know as Rey Mysterio only, and now Dominic, the third generation. Um, he says they have a lot in common, and uh, also that they've both surpassed their fathers, even though the fans don't like that. And after that, Rhea comes down, and she gets right in Charlotte's face, and they face off for several seconds, and then Rhea and Dominic leave. And so the point of this segment, I don't know, just to get Dominic more screen time? I don't know what the point was. Uh, what, did, the, did it accomplish anything? No, not it really. Made, it made me ask myself, is he right? Have they surpassed, have either of them surpassed It made me ask fathers? that too. And so it, my, maybe he was just there to, to you, make you ask that. My question to you is, do you think that Charlotte Flair has done more for women's wrestling than Ric Flair has done for men's wrestling. Obviously not as far as like length of career or number of title runs, but as far as like Well, that question is easy. Like, I would say yes. Yeah. She's done way more for women's wrestling than Ric Flair did for men's wrestling. I mean, he's one of the best, but when he came around, it was only men's wrestling, really. I mean, women would be on the card as an afterthought. If on the card at all, and especially when he was wrestling in the NWA, women's wrestling wasn't a thing. You know, women were the valets. Uh, 
but so he did a lot. I don't I don't mean to I don't want anyone to take this wrong. Ric Flair's one of my favorites. He did a lot for wrestling. But did he take it from being something silly and a sideshow to something serious and sometimes the main event of the show? No, he did not. Uh, and Charlotte Flair has done that in WWE. She's been one of the pillars of women's wrestling being taken seriously. And she is better than most of the men on the roster. Uh, so yeah, who did more? Uh, overall, who did more for wrestling? I'll say Ric Flair, but if you're going to pose it like that, did she do more for women's wrestling than Rick did for men's wrestling? I'd definitely yes. So it's hard to gauge there. Has she surpassed her father? Has Dominic surpassed his father? <laughs> no. 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 Not in any way. Except maybe a number of segments featured uh, featured in, because this is not the last time that we see Dominic uh, tonight. I think he has surpassed him in hairstyles. Does that count? Dominic's mullet is looking <laughs> pretty rocking, cool. Yeah. Coming out with his purple flannel, purple Judgment Day flannel, <laughs> and his backpack. and his mullet, and he had a backpack earlier. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. I don't know what was up with the backpack. Made him look very young. Uh, next up, Natalia, accompanied by Tegan Knox, took on Shayna Baszler, uh, accompanied by Rowdy Ronda Rousey, and I just realized I forget to, I forgot to give out. Bone ratings to the matches. So the six-man tag, Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Madcap Moss uh, taking on Imperium. That match, uh, four bones. Kofi Kingston uh, versus LA Knight. I'll give that one four bones as well. Uh, next up was, again, Natalia with Tegan Knox versus Shayna Baszler with Rowdy Ronda Rousey. This one was, wasn't much of anything. Uh, Natalia screwed up several spots and made several spots look awkward, as she always does. She's really not good. Uh, I, I, it's beyond me why she keeps getting featured. Uh, I don't know who is buying tickets to see Natalia. I don't know what the deal is, aside from the fact that she's part of the Hart family. I don't know why she's on television. I think that's why. I think yeah, that's I guess that's just is. why. You just answered your own question, but that's why. 100% that's why. But So there's not much of anything. Shayna Baszler, who I enjoy, uh, can't really even do much with Natalia. It's, it's a whole bunch of nothing. Uh, at one point, Natalia is distracted by Ronda Rousey, and she, uh, while being distracted, she catches a knee to the face from Shayna Baszler that knocks the heck out of her. And Baszler then puts her in a type of armbar and gets the submission win over Natalia. Uh, this match, like I said, not much of anything. Uh, I give it one and a half bones. There were there were more blown spots than spots that were pulled off well. It just really was not good. Uh, after the match, Tegan Knox comes in the ring 
and runs off Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Why are Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey running from Tegan Knox? It's a great question. I don't know. I mean, two of the strongest heels that they have, the, maybe the two strongest heels that they have, uh, well, aside from maybe Rhea Ripley, running from, you know, Skittles, as Ronda Rousey called her, I don't buy it. But that's what happens is they run away. And I, and for next week, I think we end up having a match booked, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Tegan Knox and Natalia. I could be wrong about that. Uh, after that, we have a Firefly Funhouse. Uh, first one in months. And I'll try to tell you what happened. Uh, Bray Wyatt... Uh, we see him, and uh, then at some point he's watching video footage of the fun house. And then at one point there's a different version of Bray Wyatt watching video footage of himself uh, from SmackDown, talking about Bobby Lashley, uh, talking about how whoever survives the Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar match should run. And he's kind of watching it and making fun of himself. And then we see footage of Bobby Lashley with silly sounds like children's laughing and boings and things like that being edited in. Kind of making a mockery of Bobby Lashley. Uh, And then we're posed with the question several times of can you keep a secret? Uh, What secret is this? I, I don't know. It's beyond me. And then we're shown the the fun house and uh, all these images and uh, you know pentagrams and things are flashing very quickly through the door. And then we're posed the question of who opened the door. And then there's a Firefly News Network segment with Bray Wyatt and Ramblin' Rabbit. And Bray Wyatt says that uh, the in the ocean there's a beast with seven heads and... Uh, ten crowns rising and uh, blasphemy. And uh, that is actually in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, a book, a uh, beast of, I forget what it is, seven heads, ten heads, ten crowns, something like that. Uh, it's from Revelation. Uh, have I have I covered everything there? Uh, there was a Wheel of Fortune. like. There was a Wheel of Fortune. Like, that was part of the can you... That was part um, of the can you keep a secret. Oh, can you keep a secret, yeah, that's right. Can that's you right. keep a secret thing, yeah. There's a wheel spinning, and then they showed a show schedule, and all the shows were called Can You Keep a Secret? And then we see Uncle Howdy, and he said... He said something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can't make heads or tails out of any of this. Uh, not yet, at least. Will we eventually... Who the hell knows? Uh, Did I enjoy it? Yes, I did. (laughs) I enjoyed it very much. Uh, As you come to to know me, uh, you will know that any time, almost any time, the wrestling show turns into a horror movie, I'm all for it. Uh, So next up, we see, uh, we cut back to Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, and Paul Heyman 
in the back. And uh, Paul Heyman is getting text messages from Roman Reigns. And Roman tells Jimmy Uso via text that if he doesn't handle Jay tonight, Roman will do it himself next week. I realize that Roman Reigns is like a person living in the world today, but it's really weird for me for some reason to imagine him texting someone. Like the act of him like sitting with his phone, like typing with his thumbs. Like for You this- think with the gloves it makes it hard <laughs> to do it? I don't know. I just I, That image uh, seems contradictory to his character to me, but I, I mean, I know it's not. Like obviously he uses his phone. It just seems odd. No, I hear what you're saying, yeah. Well, Paul Heyman could have been making it up. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. Would he dare to make it up, though? I don't know. Oh, you mean like in the storyline he was making it up? Yeah, I'm saying Paul Heyman could have been making it in the storyline. Paul Heyman could have been making it up. I don't know that they want to shift the focus to Heyman in that way and, like, make that a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Up next, Rey Mysterio versus Karrion Cross with Scarlet. Karrion uh, Cross, they've uh, kept improving his entrance, and this uh, this was pretty cool. Uh, where he comes out, you know, with the black and white, Scarlet goes ahead of him, and then as the uh, as the song is playing, uh, the woman saying "Fall and pray," Scarlet is mouthing it. And uh, as she says it the last time, she kind of disappears, and Karrion Cross kind of pops up into view, and then we get a red light on him as he does his posing. Uh, pretty cool entrance, gets across this, you know, apocalyptic vibe that they want to go for with, with Karrion Cross. Um, I like him more every time I see him. Uh, and again, uh, with the apocalyptic thing, like I said, I when the wrestling show turns into a horror movie I like it I know a lot of people are turned off by that thing I really enjoy it uh, so this one uh, Rey Mysterio got his got all his stuff in it was interesting as Karrion Cross stopped several of Rey Mysterio's spots and he was he would shout at Rey and tell him that you know he knew all his tricks and, and I know you Rey and things like this. And they were talking about how well scouted. Uh, and that Karrion Cross has a history of wrestling luchadors in Mexico. And uh, he, he had well scouted Rey Mysterio in this match. And uh, he had, but for all the scouting he did, he still got set up in position to get hit with the 619. But as Rey is going for the 619, Dominic... That's right. Dominic Mysterio is back for one more segment. He interferes. He grabs Rey Mysterio while he's going for the 619. Uh, this distracts Rey, of course. Uh, Karrion Cross puts Rey in a sleeper, and that is the end of it. Karrion Cross beats Rey Mysterio in this one, I guess, by knockout. Uh, because Rey didn't see him give up or anything. Uh, post-match, Dominic is begging his father to hit him, goading him to hit him, getting in his face, telling him to hit him. Uh, he, he pushes Ray against the ropes once, 
pushes him against the ropes again. Uh, maybe, maybe there was a third time even. I'm not sure. And he gets right in his face, basically hitting Ray's head with his own head. And Ray won't hit his son. He gets close to it. You can tell he wants to. But he he he, he tempers himself. And he doesn't hit Dominic. And he leaves. And as he's leaving, the crowd in Indiana are booing Rey Mysterio because he would not punch his son. These are supposed to be the, the good Christian people of the heartland in Indiana. And they're booing this man because he won't beat up his son in public. Seemed a little strange to me. And as the segment is ending, Michael Cole over the booze, is saying, you've got to applaud his restraint. And I said, well, not if you're in fucking Indiana, apparently you don't. In Indiana, you want domestic violence in public. One thing that I thought was, was good, because, like, when you told me the, with the card before we started watching... Let me give my bone rating. Oh, I'm sorry, bone rating. Sorry, sorry, I'm jumping again. So the bone rating for this one... Uh, it was a short but good match. Uh, give this one three and a half bones. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was just thinking, like, when you told me that, that Ray was going to have a match, like, I knew that Dom was going to interfere. But the good thing about having him already on the show two times before that was I was like, well, surely they're not going to have him interfere now. So maybe, like, it made me not expect him to show up. Which, so, like, I feel like it kind of, like, reversed reversed it in my head. So. Yeah, you didn't think that they would use Dominic on, what, four segments yeah. of the show? How <laughs> yeah. many was that? Three or four? I think it was three, right? Uh, felt like, it felt like more. Let me see. There was one where he interrupted an interview. A second one where he came out with Charlotte. So this was the third. Oh, yeah, this was the third one here. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was a good way to... To add an unexpected element in something that I had originally expected, if, if that makes sense. Right. No, I, I, I hear you. I at the same time, I kind of felt like Dominic was done for the night, but uh, I was wrong. And it, I mean, it looks like I mean to me, it looks like they're building to Ray versus Dominic at WrestleMania Thirty Nine. Yeah. I guess it has to be. So I'm looking forward to that because Dominic keeps improving in the ring. Uh, I think he's going to end up being pretty goddamn good, honestly. Uh, Our main event tonight was not a match. It was uh, a continuation of the Bloodline storyline that everyone is loving and uh, is drawing in the ratings. Uh, So Jimmy Uso comes out, and he's addressing the problems that the Bloodline have been having lately. And uh, and he's talking, and then Sami Zayn comes out through the crowd to a pretty big pop. And he says that Jimmy Uso is the one who made him an honorary Uso. He's the one that is responsible for Sami Uso being a thing. And he's talking about the, the good times they had and telling him what family means and what family doesn't mean. And he's saying family isn't being tested every week, uh, as they did to Sammy. Uh, so Sammy's going on, and Jimmy 
he gets pissed off and he calls out Sammy for being selfish and saying he's only thinking about himself and not thinking about the family. And that when he hit Roman with the chair at the Royal Rumble, that he was being selfish and he was he was thinking for himself too much. Uh, then we see uh, some rustling in the crowd and Jay Uso is in the arena at the top of some stairs. Uh, this is enough distraction. Jimmy Uso starts beating down Sami Zayn and he thinks he thinks he has him down and out. And so Jimmy Uso turns his attention and he's looking at Jay now. And then from behind, Sammy comes in and hits a huluva kick on Jimmy Uso. And Sammy runs away. Uh, and just as he's running away, Solo Sokoa comes out. And the match ends with Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso in the ring. And Jay Uso uh, up at the top of the steps in the crowd. And... Sami Zayn uh, down on the floor in the crowd and everyone just kind of looking from person to person trying to figure out what the hell they're all going to do. Is the bloodline going to come crashing down? How much longer uh, do they all, all want to keep doing what Roman Reigns says? Is it the best for the Usos? And this is all coming through in this segment and it was a pretty good continuation of it. And I tell you, Jimmy Uso did some pretty good acting here, I I felt like. I was surprised. I thought Jay was the better actor of the two brothers until tonight. Uh, Jimmy was, was pretty good in this segment. Uh, I had my doubts if he was going to be able to get it over, but he definitely did. And, uh, you know, they really did a good job of, of addressing some of the questions that we should be asking ourselves as this angle goes forward. And hopefully next week on SmackDown, we'll see a little more uh, development in the angle instead of uh, questions being brought up. Uh, what did you feel about this last segment here? Um, I mean, I agree with you. I thought that, I thought that uh, Jimmy... I think he kind of surpassed Sammy on the mic tonight, which Sammy is so good that I didn't think that would be possible. Um, especially having seen Jay on the mic recently, uh, I hadn't really heard Jimmy talk in a segment like this before, and I thought he did an excellent job. Um, I liked that they had both Sammy show up first and then Jay show up like as a surprise later, because th- when Sammy came out I, by himself, I figured that Jay wasn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was a good, a good twist, I guess, to it. Um, but yeah, I feel like it still leaves us with a lot of questions as to what's going to happen. Do you, so have, do you come, have predictions? Do I have predictions? I'm not sure where it's heading. Uh, I think, uh, you know, again, uh, I, I mentioned at the top of the show, Kevin Owens, being in the video montage, and of course he was part of this. He's the one who kind of came out and helped Sammy uh, at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which you can go back and listen to a recap of that one. Uh, It's available wherever good podcasts can be found. Uh, 
But Kevin Owens, you know, he still has a part to play in this. He and Sammy are going to get back together. They're going to have to to fight the Usos. You know, I mean, this is still a wrestling show. Things are going to be settled in the wrestling ring. And I think the Usos aren't going to come to grips with how dissatisfied they are with Roman Reigns until they get beat by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. And then they'll start thinking, is it really worth it to stick around with Roman and have him just be the boss and call all the shots and run their lives uh, now that they've lost the tag team titles? Which I think they're going to to lose them to Kevin and Sammy. I think that seems pretty obvious to me. But I think that's the way that we're going. Uh, Are they going to lose the tag belts before WrestleMania? Or are they going to lose them at WrestleMania? I think is the only question. You know, are we going to see the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? That's the way it feels right now. I can't see Sammy fighting someone else. They haven't built Kevin Owens in a program with anyone else. Um, They haven't built the Usos in a program with anyone else. So I feel that's the way it's got to go. I feel like that's going to be the WrestleMania match. Uh, It'll be good enough to main event one of the nights, but it will not main event one of the nights, if that makes sense. It will be a main event quality match, but I don't, I don't think it will actually get put on as a main event, unfortunately, even though it'll it'll deserve it. I think we'll see probably Charlotte and Rhea Ripley main event one night uh, and see Roman and Cody Rhodes main event another. Uh, yeah, that's where I think the, the bloodline is going. I think it will implode... Uh, sooner rather than later. I think Solo Sokoa may still stick around and be an enforcer for Roman and Paul Heyman. But I, I think the Usos will be will be out of it uh say by May. I say they'll be out of the bloodline. Uh so we'll see if that comes true or not. Uh, I think I think it's definitely headed that way. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. It'll be interesting to see what the ratings were on this show, where there's so much talk and development of the bloodline angle, and we only got five minutes of Sami Zayn, who's been the big ratings draw. We got no Roman Reigns and no Kevin Owens. Uh, so Jimmy and Jey Uso carried the load of the story development on this one. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see in the ratings, are people watching for Sami Zayn, for Roman Reigns, or are they watching just for this story? And I think the ratings will probably show they're watching for this story. Uh, so we'll find that, find that out you know, tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, whenever. Uh, but that's my feelings on that. Uh, all in all, pretty good SmackDown. The in-ring, except for the women's match, which sucked. Uh, in-ring uh, was pretty satisfying. We had a weird-ass Firefly Funhouse. We got to see Dominic Mysterio three times. 
uh, you know, what more could you ask for from a show? So it was a pretty fun smackdown, I thought. Uh, so this is Asa for No Bones About Wrestling. And uh, signing off for myself and Kay Fabulous. And uh, as McFoley says, have a nice day.